Hey everybody and welcome back to the part two of Game of the Year. Uh, it went a little bit long so we decided to split it into two so that we can make sure that you're not listening to us for too long. Of course this one ends up being a little bit long too but that's not the point. Um, anyways, um, we were heading to the deadline. We were supposed to have it out on already. Uh, we lost the show notes for it because usually we censor things. So we have to have show notes so we can make sure to censor it for you guys. So I just wanted to give everybody a heads up listening that this one is not censored. Um, it's my mistake. I apologize to anybody. Um, so if you normally listen to this around any of your kids or anything like that, just to let you know, this one is particularly uncensored. So having said that, please enjoy the, having said that, please enjoy the second part of our game of the year discussion. So next category, we have the most disappointing game, Far Cry 5. Earthfall, Walking Dead, Our World, and Outlast 2. Now, I want to say this one's probably going to be very subjective, so I guess we'll figure out how we're going to play this one. Yeah, because that's a good point. each one of these is, is a personal one that we have put on here. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. Far Cry 5. <laughs> <laughs> I'll break the tie right now, because I can, I can agree with that. Yeah, My personal again, ones are have... Earth... Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, you can also have honorable mentions if you want to throw uh, Sea of Thieves out there. Yeah, you know, definitely. Or, uh, you know, anything of that sort. You know, this is a very subjective thing. So I, I don't know if there'll necessarily be a, a loser in this one because you can't have winners. Because they're, they're, they're all losers. They're all losers. <laughs> um, but I think the best way to go about this would be just to say which one is our most disappointing and just kind of go from there rather than having a loser category here yeah Um, so why is outlast one of your most disappointing then well i mean okay did either of you two play the first outlast i played the first outlast yes okay so got it for free you understand all the mechanics (laughs) and all that good stuff um Outlast 2 just kind of takes away all the feel of being in a confined space with all these things happening um, cause what made Outlast so good was the fact you couldn't run anywhere really, you know, right. you could go hide in a locker or hide in a separate room or something, but that's about it with Outlast 2. I think they had a good idea, but I don't think they set it up very well. I don't think it was designed very well and the mechanic, they didn't really improve on any of the mechanics in the game. Um, so for me, Outlast 2 was one of the games I was really, really looking forward to this year. And I played it, and I was just, I felt very let down. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, it's just a personal thing for me of, I feel like a lot of the creepiness went away because I could just run away and outrun all the bad guys. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, Nate. Far Cry 5. Yeah, my, no, mine's easily going to be Far Cry 5. I think, I think that's going to be mine and yours primarily it it's just it's i talked about this last episode under the third as well far cry 5 i just was on such a high on far cry i could not wait for it um i remember when far cry 4 came out not really caring for it but then when i finally got it years year finally got it again two years later playing it and i'm like oh this was a really good experience and then coming off of Primal, 
I was like, that was really fun. Let's see how creative they get. Let's see what they do with Far Cry 5. Mm-hmm. And I liked how it was going to be a little bit more political. You know, I liked how they were kind of going. I, I liked that they were making changes. I liked they were being edgy. Maybe not edgy. I liked I liked. The I can change. see what you mean, yeah. I liked they were going back to the U.S. I liked that it was in Montana and it wasn't somewhere exotic like they've always been. Right. But, I mean, it, I was I was high on it for a while. You know, yeah. even though I didn't like the tutorial, I didn't like Jacob's region because it was definitely was the tutor- the entire region was the tutorial region. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked I liked a lot of the stuff that they that they did. I thought that it felt fun. You know, it it was fun at times, but just I've never had a game that at the very end of the game ruined the entire experience for me for the other hours that I played. Right. Normally when I have a game that I just didn't like, it's because I didn't like the game all the way up until I stopped playing it. Whereas this one, I liked bits and pieces of it. Probably I would have given it a seven or something as a whole, you know, just for my experience. But when I got to that end and the end literally made me not want to go back and play the game anymore, like not want to, when the game gave me a story reason to not jump back into the world, to do collectibles or to finish up side missions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay, I just, I don't care about this game anymore. Yeah. Um, well, I kind of already talked about Earthfall, so I'll talk about the other one on the list, which is Walking Dead Our World. Um, making, uh, kind of giving you some backstory on it. Um, Pokemon Go, obviously, is like a big, huge phenomenon. And, like, honestly, when Pokemon first came out, I was never, ever a big Pokemon fan. So it was just like, this is really cool. I like the concept of it. But what about zombies? <laughs> I was, like, so ready for this to come out. I've been searching. There's a couple of other ones that are kind of zombie uh, Pokemon goes, but it just wasn't the same. Then I started looking at Pokemon uh, or Pokemon. I almost said Pokemon Dead. Uh, Walking Dead, our world, which was literally just like pokemon go but now you shooting zombies i'm like well hell yeah i was so pumped for this i was so ready for this and to get it and this is why it's the most disappointing to get it and it be a pay-to-win system was absolutely ridiculous pokemon go you can I mean, to a certain extent, you can pay to win because, like, you can get lures. So you can buy that with real-world money. You can buy um, Pokeballs with real-world money. There are certain things that you can buy with real-world money that can get you to a certain point. But you still have to play the game. You still have to catch Pokemon. You can't just not catch Pokemon. Whereas in this... I could literally spend $100 and technically level up. And so to explain that, you can buy coins. And with those coins, obviously, you can buy items and you can buy whatever. But coins is how you level up. So if I want to level up one of my people, that's how I do it is coins. But... How you level yourself up, how you level your account up is by leveling up cards. 
So leveling up your people, leveling up your weapons, leveling. So literally I could play none of the game, spend money and be a higher level than somebody who's been playing it from the beginning. All because I have coins, all because I spent real world money. It is 100% pay to win. I don't have to play the game at all, technically. And that is really the reason. Now, obviously, I could get better equipment and stuff like that. But I could buy loot packs, which could get me better equipment or a chance at better equipment. You know how it works. Uh So I could get better equipment and I could be doing better than other people who have been playing from the beginning, who have strategies, who have everything. And the pay to win nature of it was, and I get it. It's a mobile game. And so you should expect that. But like I said, Pokemon go, you still have to play the game. You still have to physically catch Pokemon, which is the point of the game. But when I can just pay a bunch of money to get a really awesome gun What's the point of actually playing the game? Sure, Uh you get the experience of shooting off a zombie's head, but it kind of robs you of the experience when you could literally just buy everything. So that's like the main reason that's on the list. And then obviously Earthfall, I kind of already talked about it, how it was supposed to be Left 4 Dead, but with aliens, and it was just just bad. Horrible, absolutely. But I feel like if we were going to nominate one specific one, me and you can at least agree on Far Cry 5 because I completely agree with being so let down by it. And it's like, I do have to admit with you, or I do have to admit that um, I I don't really have any desire to play it. Like, I don't want to go back and re, re-experience it because I already know how bad it's going to end. I already know that everything that I do just mounts to nothing. You know, and it's just like, I don't know. It's 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 pretty much everything you said. It's just like being completely let down and just ah man. I don't I I I am also very hard pressed to think of another game that has done that. Yeah. And it's it just I don't think I don't think a game has. There's been plenty of games with like bad endings, but I don't know. This is this is on another level because it it makes and I think the I think what makes it the worst is that either ending that you get is a horrible fucking ending. Either yeah. one. And so at least <laughs> other even like other Far Cry games, right? Other Far Cry games, you there was a bad ending, but there was also a good ending or at least a better ending. Whereas this one, no matter what, everything you've done, everything you've been working towards is for everything. So like why play the game again when I know exactly where it's going to go before. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. That's the most disappointing. So next category is best remaster. Our nominees are shadow of the Colossus, Assassin's Creed Rouge, dark souls remastered Spyro and crash, you know, uh, devil may cry. And the Pokemon, the said that weird pokemon let's go pikachu and eevee sue who wants to start this one so take me out tonight there this this i think 2018 has probably been one of the best years for remastered or remade games that we've had since probably the original games had come out um (laughs) 
for me, this one's going to be very subjective as well. Uh, just because two in particular on this list mean a lot to me. One definitely more than the other. Um, Assassin's Creed Rogue. Rouge. I, Rogue. Rogue. <laughs> is one that I, I had been wanting to play. I never, you know, because of course it came, it didn't come out on current gen consoles. It only came out on 360 and PS3. So it finally coming to now current gen consoles. Uh, I was like, okay, cool. And it's definitely one of those that I want to pick up. I haven't played Rogue yet, but uh, it looks Rouge. just like an addition to 4. And 4 is one of my favorite Assassin's Creed games, just from gameplay standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark, Holes, Dark Souls Remastered, not a Dark Souls player. <laughs> you almost said Dark Holes. Dark Souls, <laughs> Dark Souls Remastered, not a Dark Souls player. So, you know, but I know a lot of people love Dark Souls and are really excited about this one. So I, I think it definitely deserves the nom. Um, Pokemon Let's Go is interesting. It's one that I probably it it just came out I think this past week. Yeah, right. Um, it's something that I I I'll probably pick up because it definitely looks fun. It definitely looks like an experience I'd want to share with my wife. But I think that it's cool the fact that it is a remaster, but it's not labeled as one. It's labeled as a new game that is a, of Go quality or of Go similar similarity but yet in in all actuality it is a remaster and from my understanding has a lot of the same heart and a lot of the same memories that people had with the original and i think that's really cool that it can do that yeah for calling it like pokemon for kids is so weird but it kind of is true but that's what's weird is that everybody who grew up on pokemon were kids when they were when they were first playing it and now like they've they've continued to buy pokemon because of just how you know deep quote unquote i mean a lot of people like to say it's like baby's first rpg but it is pretty deep um and so to take something like that and take almost everything away like i was watching a review and they were talking about how a lot of the pokemon can be taken out with like one or two hits just because you chose the right pokemon like you had a water one and you were going up against a fire and it only takes two hits to kill them like that seems like that's like I don't know. That's even more baby's first RPG. And it's like, it was already kind of baby's first RPG. And now they're just making it appeal to Pokemon go people, which isn't a bad thing Mm. necessarily, but it's also just like, well, I mean, this is definitely not what people wanted when they were like, Oh, we're going to have a let's go Pikachu or let's like knowing that a Pokemon game is coming. This is not what people wanted necessarily. However, I do have to say, if you have a child, this would be great for if you had a child because mm. you can re-experience something from your youth with your child because now it's co-op. But other yeah. than that, I don't know why any hardcore, softcore, middlecore Pokemon player would even give this a time of day. Yeah. So for for me, I'll go ahead and, and say it. For me, <sighs> Shadow of the Colossus is a very important game to me just uh-huh. because it's one of the memories I've had for one of my favorite memories I had from my PS2, the experience I had playing it, just this, the simplicity of it. I, I, you know, I always enjoyed 
my dedicated pick though is going to have to be Spyro. Spyro. Because Spyro, even though I love Shadow of the Colossus, Spyro means so so much more to me than than Shadow ever could. Yeah. Seeing the gameplay seeing the gameplay from E3 of Spyro brought so much warmth to my heart. Like I yeah. I was just overcome with happiness. I was like, oh my God, like I remember, even though it looks completely different, I was like, I remember this in detail. And just the same amount of joy I had when I played those games on PlayStation 1, I've had here as well. Yeah. So for me, Spyro definitely is going to have to be my pick for best remaster. All right. Coach. Uh, well, me being a Pokemon guy, yeah. uh, you know the Pikachu I was talking just... to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do I? I said I didn't realize. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, that's cool. Um, I mean, just the big thing for me is that it's a another Pokemon game, but it's also Yellow, which is one of the originals. Yeah. Right. You know, and they actually do a really nice job of mixing in the newer Pokemon with the older Pokemon in the game. Uh, so it allows for some uh, unique gameplay a little bit in that sense. Um, but it's just a from the ground up remaster of it. it. It's kind of the same way that you would think of if you took uh, Crash and you look at the Insane tri- Trilogy now. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of that same feel of everything's just redesigned and it's made for a console, you know, that you can take on the go like you could your Game Boy um, and that sort of thing. So from that standpoint, that's why I put it on the list. Uh is because it's another Pokemon game, and so you know it's going to be good if you're into Pokemon. Um, and it brings back a lot of different uh, memories as far as playing Pokemon on those long car rides to your grandma's house or whatever, you know. Uh, but for me, I'm in the same boat with uh, Nate, Shadow of the Colossus. Um, I know I had a remaster a few years ago, but what they did with it is absolutely insane. Yep. Uh, in terms of uh, how they managed to make it look like it's a new IP. Definitely. The fact that you can actually see the game. Because yeah. one of the memories I have, from, even from the remake on PS3, is the game literally looked like mud. Yes. I couldn't fucking see two feet in front of me. Yeah. yeah. At any time. Anytime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And some, they made it brighter and well, a little bit brighter cause it's a pretty dark game uh, by itself, but it made it a little bit brighter. The, the colors really popped on it. So I think uh, I, I'm trying to remember the company that does it, uh, that does all the remakes. Blue point. Uh, is Blue it Hole? Blue Hole? Maybe. I think Blue Hole did do Shadow of the okay. Colossus as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So then I, I think they did the one on PS3 as well. So, just what they did with it, I, I think is just phenomenal. And it's just, uh, for me, when I played it, I, I found it to be one of the best games of the year. Not just remastered, but just as an overall game, I thought it was great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously I've already given my thoughts on Pokemon. Um, sorry for everybody who unsubscribed. Um devil may cry hack and slash 
good for you. I mean, if you like Devil May Cry, if Devil May Cry is your thing, then Devil May Cry HD is probably like your jam. Um, Dark Souls Remastered, I actually absolutely love the first one. The second and third one were kind of like diminishing returns for me, but Dark Souls really holds like a special place in my heart because it was just like really I just, I don't know. I just came out at the right time, I think. And so kind of like, um, I can't, it was a couple episodes ago, but like you associate like, um, Nate, you associate like songs with like times in your life. Dark Souls mm-hmm. is kind of that game for me where I associate that with the time of my life. And so like, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't give a crap about Assassin's Creed. Um, so that brings it to Crash. Um, I like, I like Crash. Crash is my boy. He, like, I was genuinely really excited for Crash and everything. But having said that, um, and I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong or whatever. I don't know what they've changed, quote unquote, in Spyro, but like Crash was just a one-on-one recreation of Crash Bandicoot. And while that's not necessarily a bad thing, there was definitely part of me that wished there would have been like an extra stage or something. Now, obviously, they do have the lost, you know, level, but that was something that you could get back in the day if you had like a demo disc or something like that. So you could still get it back in the day if you were vigilant enough so it's not necessarily new i don't know for some reason i was like i thought there were going to be certain things that they fixed certain things that they made better and it really was just a one-on-one and that's not it's not bad that they did that but at the same time it just makes it really unmemorable because i also i remember it as what it used to be so now it just looks pretty and we'll yeah go go ahead ahead. finish your finish it up no, that was it pretty much. It just looks pretty. So <laughs> kinda like <laughs> kinda like Nate. This is a bastard. this is a difficult this is a difficult one simply because Crash there was a as far as the difference between Crash on PS1 and Crash the Insane Trilogy, which I also want to clarify, yes, I know Crash came out last year, but it came out for the rest of the other platforms this year. So I, oh. I want to I, want to throw I didn't even catch that honestly <laughs> yeah well I, yeah the ps4 version came out last year but it came out to the other platforms this year so you know it's it's still remake from this year so off. um crash a lot of work was put into it they actually did fix a lot of kind of the things that made it unplayable yeah. from ps1 so i feel like there was a lot of work but on the other side so was spyro right spyro plays exactly the same it looks completely different but it plays the same but every single thing in Spyro, the reignited trilogy was done from the ground up by Toys for Bob. They had yep. no access to the original code, yep. so they literally had to play. That while they were playing the games on PS One, they were writing, they were taking notes, they were. Yep. They created some kind of program that recorded all the pixels as they were playing. So they did physically have to play the game, yes. Yeah, yeah. So they had to recreate the game from the ground up. So I guess at the same I guess they both have similar, if not the same, amount of work that was put into remaking both of those games. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, here's one thing that I absolutely positively appreciate about Spyro versus Crash. 
um, even though Spyro or even though Crash wasn't like a 3D game, uh, being able to control your freaking camera in Spyro is like night and day. Just like in Shadow and Colossus, being able to press X for jump made it a different experience for me. 100%. Even with the remaster of PlayStation 3, which I at least tried it out. I think I rented it or something like that. Um, I tried it out on there, but having triangle as jump is just like gross. It's just like I felt dirty and it was just blah. I'll say it right now. Spyro is a better game than Crash. 100%. I will agree. I, I will agree to that, at least from this standpoint. Maybe not all together, but from this standpoint, yes. But back to Shadow of Colossus. Such a small, insignificant thing as changing X to jump. You would think that wouldn't be such a big deal, but it is. It is. And for that, honestly, for that reason, I finished it on the PlayStation 4, but on the PlayStation 3, it was enough of annoyance. It was enough of a deterrent for me where I rented it and I was just like, you know what? I'm good. I finished it on the PlayStation 4, and that was one of the things that it's like, they fixed this and it almost fixed the entire freaking game for me because experiencing it as it is, and I would even say, I would even agree with, uh, I believe Coach was the one that said it, it feels like a new experience because it just like, it looks so much better. Well, I guess both of you kind of touched on that point, Mm. but it looks completely new, and I'm going to give my nominee to shadow the Colossus over Spyro because Spyro, even though they did have to build it from the ground up and I understand how much work they went through Spyro arguably just looks like Spyro. And you could argue the same thing about shadow the Colossus, but Oh my God, it looks like a brand new game. It looks like a complete, like just the details of like, Oh God, riding your horse over the rolling hills and how the faster you go, the camera kind of like zooms out and it gives you this huge, huge Vista to look at. I mean, for me, like that's, that's what really captures it for me. I love Spyro and I'm most likely going to buy that. And I've already bought crash, but for me, that's kind of the definitive reason why I would choose it over those two is just it feels like a new game versus just feeling like prettier version of a game I've already played. Yeah, um, I'm on board with you on that. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Uh, is I, I feel like Child of the Colossus is so much different than... The other remasters in the sense of, uh, in the sense that it, it feels like a brand new game. It Would improved. you say it makes a good game great? Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely. Just, it improved on every aspect of the game. And Crash did as well, but again, it's more Crash. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and don't get me wrong, some of the levels are a little bit cooler looking um, and that sort of thing, but Crash is Crash. It yep. doesn't get more crash than than Saint Tr- Trilogy, uh, and Spyro kind of gives that a similar feeling. Definitely, but for sure, I, I'm I'm going to go with Shadow of the Colossus. Nice, personally. Okay. And yours was Spyro. Yeah. All yep. right. So the award goes to uh, Shadow of the Colossus for best remaster slash remake. I mean, let's let's 
let's be honest, it wasn't the same people. So, you know. All right. So next we have best open world. The nominees for this category are Red Dead 2, Spider-Man, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Fallout 76, and we'll go ahead and give an honorable mention to Just Cause 4. Kind of the same thing we talked about earlier. Just Cause. <laughs> Just Cause. <laughs> Why Just Cause? <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> All right. I don't think start? there's much of a debate. Oh, is there not a debate? I don't think there is. I think Spider-Man has been getting the runaround this episode, and so I feel like I feel like Spider-Man deserves a fighting chance here. Okay, it doesn't though. <laughs> well, unfortunately, unfortunate for you, you have two people who haven't played Red Dead. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like Spider-Man does it does have an amazing uh, open world, and without Red Dead, it would easily win above all the other games here. Yeah. But Red Dead, I'm I'm sorry, but whenever you have that much vastness and that much um, different variables into the world, and we kind of talked about it earlier with like their this like simulation right. type okay. deal, that's that's something you can't ignore. Um, so as far as just a pure open world called Spider Man, you're stuck to one island, uh-huh. and I don't even know if it rains, you know, outside of the selected scenes. Oh my goodness. Uh, Red Dead, you get all that. So, yeah, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to agree with Coach on this one. Shut up! So you're supposed to be on my side. So, so here's what I want you to do, though, is because you've been the primary person playing 76. Uh-huh. I want to get. I want to give a shout out to Assassin's Creed Odyssey because I think one of the best things that it's done this year, or the best thing that the game has done, is kind of solve a lot of the issues that people had with Assassin's Creed Origins, and it's the issue I had. I played probably about 15, 20 hours of Assassin's Creed Origins, but even still, even still, the world was just kind of a shrug, like kind of just a, a drag, to be honest. Like, I did, I don't find Egypt interesting. I like uh-huh. Bayek as a character, but everything about Egypt, it was just sand and bull, and I'm sorry, <laughs> dull and boring to look at. And it's just, it, nothing about it. Can, I mean, I would stay to certain parts of the map because that's where like the best animals were so I could hunt. Yeah, but uh, you know, it didn't really invite me. Like the world was interesting and the characters were cool. But with Odyssey, you're living Greek mythology. I mean, you're come on, guys. You can climb on statues of people and climb on their penises and like just dangle there <laughs> like a fucking dingleberry. I mean, you can literally do that. But no, um, another thing that Assassin's Creed Odyssey did very well is kind of gave you that additional navigation so like in origins uh-huh. the main time you had ship combat and things like that were in these specific mission moments you know it wasn't like assassin's oh, creed 4 okay. but something that assassin's creed odyssey added from my understanding is that and so navigation and world navigation is something similar to assassin's creed 4 but you play it more in the sense of how you played origins and so a kind of incentive and the world is absolutely gorgeous. And so you have more incentive, you're more incentivized to go and roam around rather than just mainline the story. Um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man's cool, but I mean, I, I unfortunately agree. I agree with coach and I don't think Spider-Man holds a candle to the rest of the games that are on this list. And then just Task four giant tornadoes, giant, like 
weather simulation that they've added to the game, which I think is really right. cool. But because we haven't played the game, because it's not come out yet right. by the time we're recording, obviously, you know, that's why I gave it an honorable mention. But state your case for 76. Uh, I mean, there's not really any case. I just nominated it because I really like the game. <laughs> and it does indeed have an open world. <laughs> well, so... I was it's a good it's a good open world. Um, I'd say like the same reason you guys probably like Red Dead Redemption over Spider-Man is the same reason that I like uh, 76 in the sense of instead of being this drab gray, you know, landscape like it was in like Fallout 70 or I mean, Fallout 3 was Washington, D.C. So it was just a barren wasteland. Uh, Fallout New Vegas was a desert. Um, Fallout 4. Where was that one set? I don't remember, but it Fallout was kind was of... was in uh, um, uh, Boston. Boston? Okay, so, I mean, you could argue that's kind of the same as Washington, D.C. At least the area is similar to Washington, D.C. And so I feel like 76, what it does the greatest is that it... You know, and if you think about it, a lot of games did this this year, where instead of going to a you know, dark and dreary place and went to this place that was like full of lush environments. Um, Red Dead Redemption did that. Far Cry 5 did that when we went to, you know, Montana. Um, and so I feel like we get the same kind of feeling in Fallout 76 where we're in this, you know, wooded area rather than here's the wasteland. You know, there's still obviously plenty about it that is wastelandy. But there's, like, trees and stuff. You know, like, I really like, you know, the lighting effects that you get when, like, the sun's going through the leaves and stuff. But, I mean, my my personal choice, which obviously I'm, I'm the only one who thinks so, is, like, Spider-Man. It, I feel like that's the best open world. Um, like, in my opinion, size doesn't matter when it when we're talking about an open world. Size helps, in a way. But unless you feel that space with just so much interesting stuff to do like spider-man does um all you get is a number it's like our our map is blah blah square miles long kilometers long whatever you know that's all you get is a number whereas spider-man it's a nice big open world but there's so much to do in it and it's so organic in the way that you know like everything you do you're working towards something you know rather than all your side objectives being just side objectives that you get xp for they actually make sense because if you want to unlock certain things you need certain tokens and how do you get those tokens by doing the side objectives i mean the one thing that i absolutely love about spider-man is the fact that it gives the side objectives it makes me actually want to do them Whereas no other side objectives really do that for me because all they are is experience. So if I'm at a level that I feel comfortable, I'm powerful enough to defeat everybody, but not to, you know, God mode, then there's no excuse for me to do a side objective. But if I want to unlock all those badass costumes that you get in spider-man i have to go do a lot of side objectives and i really like that about the world that they created now and i mean swinging i mean we talked about the swinging in the last thing what's funner swinging or riding around on a horse that can sometimes kick you because you push the wrong button now something (laughs) i will say to spider-man's benefit is i haven't 100 percent a game in a short amount of time like that in a while. Yeah. And with Spider-Man's side objectives, 
I got all the towers in almost one sitting just because I was like, let me go ahead and flesh out the map. And they were all close to me because of the swinging. I got there really fast. So when I got the last one and got the trophy, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, okay. I, oh, oh. I was like, I don't know what to do now. I didn't mean to do that. (laughs) And then by the time I finished the game, I was already at like 50 backpacks. So I was just missing a couple of like the, the, better placed ones i was just missing because i hadn't gone to those places yet so i will say that spider-man's open world has probably been as far as like fun wise and things to do in has been one of my favorites now the reason i asked you to make your case for 76 is because i was just listening to um kind of what his most recent games cast and greg miller was talking about 76 and his experience that he had had with it and one of the things that he had brought up and i was curious if you had this experience as well is because there's a lack of npcs there are people who are becoming npcs like there's a guy now who is stationed built a camp outside of the vault to where anyone that comes out and it's like hey this is what you're supposed to do. Here's a weapon. Here's a whatever. And it's like giving you supplies and stuff for free. It's basically <laughs> to help guide you through the rest. And That's so nice. I think something, one of the, a lot of the things he was saying was it is kind of an empty open world as far as things that Bethesda has put there. But because of the players that are playing it, they are building and populating this open world to be something more specific. So um, I haven't. I haven't experienced that personally, but I did see the reports on that. Um, and I mean, in my in my opinion, like I feel like they've been marketing it that way from the very very beginning. Because even when they did the um, announcement at the Bethesda you know conference, he talked about how there were only going to be twenty four players, not hundreds, because you know this is the apocalypse, not a party. You know, he made a joke about it, but it's like they were marketing it this way on purpose you know because you are the first vault dwellers out of uh, you know even before vault 101 or vault whatever you know all the famous vaults this was the first one that came out you are the first one so what you are seeing is the devastation of the bombs it's like some people did survive but a lot of them didn't and so that's why it's so devoid of like people because like a lot of the raiders or whatever for instance you know they've either died off or you know they're not even invented yet you know and for that i i really appreciate the uh the world or whatever but what i'll always go back to is the environmental storytelling and like the the things that you can pick up on just by like reading some stuff you know like it it just They've always done good at that, and they continue to do good at that. You know? Look at this and eager so, fuck already bolding, already yeah, bolding know, over right? here on the list. You should pick Spider Man just to spite him. <laughs> no, so yeah, for for my, <laughs> we're fucking with the doc right now. If you if, if anyone's curious what's going on while we're yelling at each other, no, I I, I definitely agree. Um, but circling back to the the category as a whole just technical prowess alone and i even Ooh. think that we answered this early on in the categories of red dead 2's open world is a simulation that is basically the rockstar after they built it they turn it on and it's like all right you guys are in the matrix or in westworld i mean that's that's what red from correct me if i'm wrong what red dead 2's experience is like you interact everything that you interact with the world interacts back with you yeah 
So I, so mean, I think that you would and, have to give it to Red Dead. Yeah, if there was a most fun open world, it would probably go to Spider-Man. But just best open world in general and the that simulation aspect of it being interactive and that sort and things to do, that sort of thing, it's got to go to Red Dead. Has to. Uh, I will concede. Although Spider-Man does have probably the most fun open world when you count the swinging, the side oh, yeah. quest, the story, um, even the brevity of the game. Uh, in terms of that it's not a super super long game like red dead is uh when you consider all that you know i would think spider i would take spider-man over red dead in that sense but just in technical achievement it's got to go to red dead yeah well it's already bolded so we can't fucking do anything about it so whatever right (laughs) (laughs) what the freaking hell mark what baby did you go potty by yourself? No, you need to go potty right now. Okay, go ahead. Be right back, guys. All right. Oh, man. Ugh. So are you going to pick up uh, Beat Saber? Man, I don't know. I'm like, because I didn't buy the move controllers. All I have is like the set. And I'm like hoping I can convince somebody to buy me the move controllers for Christmas or something. Or, you know, I'll just buy them in January or something, you know? Because uh, they're like 50 bucks by themselves, so it's essentially buying a new game. If you go to Amazon, they're 80 Yeah, so I mean, I'm just like... I, I think I kind of screwed myself a little bit by not getting the the Move bundle. Um, oh yeah, so I had seen a link that, <clears throat> that posted Black Friday deals, and one of them was the camera with Astrobot and Moss, and then the other one was camera Move Ones uh, with Creed and uh super hot for 50 bucks more yeah and i went with the moss and astro because is that deal live are they already 200 dollars, or did you get it for more i got it for less um i had a little bit of a coupon so i ended up paying about 175 for all but was that deal still active or or did you buy it at the 300 dollars price point no i bought it at the 200 okay because when I went to but, Best Buy, that they they hadn't changed the price yet. That, that, no, that I went to I went to GameStop last night just to see if they had the deals already running, and I really wasn't even planning on buying a PSVR. But I was like, man, because I've been wanting one for a long time. Well, but, see, you I, know, almost, I just couldn't warrant definitely at the time spending at the time like three hundred and fifty bucks or something. Well, see, whenever the price points were at where they were at, and I was like, well, fuck, the Oculus is the same price. I was like, I may as well just do that because my PC's okay. But then I looked up some stuff and they were like, if you're not running at least an i7, you're going to have some kind of issues that will probably annoy you. And I'm like, fuck it, I may as well just get a PSVR. Yeah, so I mean, I'm just, so then the price point was at 200 and I had like a $25 coupon with uh, GameStop because I had power up rewards and I traded in another item to give me some more money. Um. So I only pay. I walked out of the door only paying one seventy five for the brand new PlayStation Spider Man, uh, and this PR bundle, this VR Jesus bundle. Christ. You know, so I feel like I came out on top, and I got a essentially a whole other system. For sure, know, for, absolutely. You know, Alrighty. so I think I came out on top on that. But the only reason I didn't get the the only reason I got this bundle is because I wanted to play Moss and Astrobot before I did Creed and whatever okay. else. You know, so. So, but now I'm like, because I can get the a used 
move controller from GameStop for like twenty six dollars each. Yeah, because they don't package them together; they sell them individually. Well, of course they do. All right, let's get back into it. All right. All right. So next category is going to be the actual game of the year. We have for the nominees: God of War, Spider Man, Red Dead Two, Celeste. Fallout 76, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So I'll start this off. Fallout 76 was obviously my nomination. I'm the one championing it and everything. I just wanted to have a mention. I mean, because um, I wanted to have a mention because I feel like nobody else would mention it in their Game of the Year discussions. So I don't expect it to win in any way, shape, or form. But I just wanted it to definitely have a mention. Yeah, I mean, it's worth a mention, you know. Uh, but like you said, doesn't have a shot. Um, <laughs> the other game of the year that I nominated outside of God of War for me was uh, Celeste. Um, which we haven't talked a lot about the indies um, for this year. Uh, mainly just because... There wasn't that many great indies this year, but Celeste really stood out. Um, and I just think it needed a shout-out for this the terrific platforming and story that it, that went with it and some of the new mechanics they added in with the diagonal rush. Um, yeah. you know, so, I, so I thought that one just needed a honorable mention. And it's beautiful sounding. The music is awesome. So. Right. I've, I've yet to hear anything negative about it. It's actually like if we had a biggest regrets of 2018, that would be it right there is I really wish I would have played Celeste. And I mean, who knows? Maybe by the time we, maybe by the time we talk about this, it'll go on like Black Friday and I can get it for like half price or something like that. Um, but yeah, that's definitely one that I've, I've really wanted to play and all the videos I have seen of it just make me want to play it more. Yeah, and it is a tough, tough game. Right. Like, difficulty is a thing. So, so keep when, that in mind, but it is a great game worth mentioning. So, when Celeste had come out, you know, everyone wouldn't shut up about it. They're like, oh my All God, right, yeah, 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 play this game, play this game. And, <clears throat> excuse me, these games have never really, I've never, I've, I like platformers and I like some punishing platformers, but that's never been my go to game. Like, that's not my. Like Cuphead, I wasn't super interested in because I don't like that kind of game. So on a whim, just I was like, you know what? Everyone's talking about it. Let me go ahead and pick it up. And I picked it up on Switch. And hey. <laughs> and um you know, it definitely was punishing. I enjoyed I was enjoying what I was playing. And then I got to a certain point where you know, it's kind of playing along their version of a cutscene. You know, where you you stop playing and the game is taking control. And I am just sitting here with my mouth open, and I'm like, "This game's importance cannot be under understated. Mm-hmm. It's it, it does such a good job at bringing up the topic of mental health." in a game in a very simple game that I was not expecting any kind of story elements from nice. and kind of as an overall package made it one of those that I would not even believe that I would have considered putting this game on my game of the year. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think it deserves, like I agree with you coach. I de- it deserves to be on this list as a nominee for game of the year. Um, 
you know, one of the picks, obviously, for me was Shadow of the Tomb Raider, because I've been a champion it along as well. Um, I think it deserves a shout out, a shout out, a shout out, because um, I think it definitely does a good job of, in a way, wrapping up the trilogy of the, the most recent Tomb Raider games. Right. Um, kind of is the perfect... I still think I like the first one better, like as far as gameplay goes, because I liked how more survival it was. But yeah, yeah. it took a lot out of what people didn't like from Rise and kind of made it an entire whole package that was was I enjoyed from start to finish. Um, yeah, and it's definitely one of those that I you know will go back into to get more of the tombs and to kind of uncover the other secrets that I need to uncover. Um, but you know. <sighs> Spider-Man's a tough one. Mm-hmm. I loved Spider-Man. Spider-Man is easily one of my most fun games that I played of the year. And I think that's going to be the the statement universally across any platform, any person yeah. you go to to yeah. listen to podcasts or YouTube or whatever. But I think, and this is where it's going to get split, I think that it is undoubtedly... God of War mm-hmm. for Game of the Year. I think that... Now, that, that's a little bit unfair for me to say because I haven't played Red Dead 2. I've had some experience. I've seen some stuff from it. Is it, though? <laughs> well, it is because I can't give you... If I... Maybe if whatever my experience would have been from Red Dead, maybe would differ from my opinion. But I think God of War, just as much as Red Dead, but I think God of War more specifically as an overall package is what we need to show everyone that, hey, this is what gaming in 2018 and going forward is. This game is... Everything about it is a masterpiece. It's... it's There's basically nothing that's wrong with it that I can think of. Um, and... I don't know. My, my pick is God of War. Yeah. So, Coach... Um, um, I mean... Red Dead Redemption 2, I believe, might be more your choice than, obviously, mine. So, I mean, what would be your argument for, even if it's not your choice, I would like to hear your argument on, like, why, like, Red Dead Redemption, like, truly deserves. And I don't want to hear about technology. (laughs) Um, Because one thing thing that I'll bring up about uh, Nate's argument about God of War is how... um, how I literally just forgot it already. <laughs> That's not good. Well, there's nothing market. wrong with the what'd game. You say, what'd you say? You said that, like, like everybody. God damn it. What? Fucking shit. What'd you say about it, damn it? <laughs> I said that God of War is the most complete package. Nothing's the, wrong with it that he can think of. Oh, well, it's an example of it's a, yeah, it's an example of video games in general. Okay, all right, Mark. Um, so I mean, like what Nate was saying is that God of War is basically like an example of what games are today. You could argue, anybody could really, that Red Dead Redemption Two is an example of what video games are today. But from an outsider looking in, my argument would be that Red Dead Redemption Two could be maybe too much of a of a you know there's just so much going on the reason clean your gun clean your taint 
<laughs> clean your <laughs> well, just to, clean, clean your beard. Just to add clean on your horses. Just clean to add. Your, Go on. <laughs> Sorry, just to add on, the, that's one of the reasons why I said that, that I didn't bolt on, is mm-hmm. that God of War, you can experience in 10 hours, 8 to right. 10 hours. You can experience, this is how games can be made. This is how games are made now. But, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. 8 to 10 hours, you are a speedrunner at that point. Yeah. I would argue more towards 15 to 20. Okay, 15. Oh. Either it took way, me all it, weekend, like playing nonstop to to beat that game, and I, I was trying to get to the end. Yeah. Either either way, it, what I'm trying to get at is it's a more concise like yeah. experience you can have in a couple different sittings. Whereas Red Dead, you are in the long haul. You are in for the long haul yeah. on this ride. Yeah, and so I mean that's kind of what my argument would say is that maybe if a person is looking from the outside in having a game where you can have a much more concise experience is a lot more appealing to somebody who wouldn't. So for the game of gamers, Red Dead might win that, but for like the game of the year, the game that like all games should aspire to mine personally is God of War. So um, like I said, even if your choice is God of War, give me an argument for Red Dead. Okay, so before I preface it, my choice is God of War. <laughs> However, <laughs> let me just say, with Red Dead, I, you know, you got to think there's two different types of gamers. Um, uh-huh. There are those that want that simulation style, and then there's those that want solid gameplay with a great story. Um, and Red Dead has a good story. It's just 40 hours long. Um and again, I know you don't want to talk about technology, but it has to be spoken of how vast the world is, how right. how it defines what open world means now. You can't have a world where everything isn't interactable anymore. Because yeah, it'll never be point. oh, it's not as good as Red Dead as an open world. You know, and, and I know that's a high bar, but that's what uh, the, it's done. It was um Witcher Three the bar? Since Witcher Three was probably the bar, um, just from stuff to do, um, and then now Red Dead is the new standard. And Witcher Three came out three years ago, right, or two years ago, two and a half yeah, years came, ago. Yeah, it, it came in. Uh, came out in uh, twenty fifteen. Yeah, so yeah. three years ago that game came out, and I believe that was a January game as well, right? Like it was, or it was early in the year when it, it came. Out. I think it was March. So it was early in the year, but. So, for three years, The Witcher held that title of what is the definition of an open world. Red Dead 2 has changed that in a major way. May 19th. Well, well what, okay, hold on now. Wouldn't, wouldn't a Breath of the Wild take in that no. mantle? No. No, I, I don't know. I don't think so either. Breath of the Wild, the biggest merit it has. Granted, it's a great open world, but the biggest merit it has is... A t- it is similar to Red Dead, but I don't think I think Red Dead just goes above and beyond because with Breath well, of the Wild, what I'm saying is that from Witcher to Breath of the Wild, like Witcher held the held the king of open worlds, then Breath of the Wild came on. Well, I mean, Breath think of the of a Wild had didn't the talk about Breath of the Wild. Well, Breath, well, Breath, of, Breath of, the of the Wild had the climb everything, search anywhere and everywhere type mentality. The biggest thing about, as, but as far as you know, and we talked about this a little bit uh, uh, at a at a different time, but 
as far as the open world, there were different enemies to fight, but there wasn't that much to actually do in Breath of the Wild outside of do the main okay. story. There are a couple of side quests, that sort of thing. The biggest thing with Breath of the Wild is, oh, I didn't know a developer could do that. Yeah. I didn't know okay. you could you could envelop that kind of physics mechanic. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay, okay. But so maybe not open world as in like Witcher, you you did have plenty to do, but open world as in like how you should be able to traverse it and stuff like that. Right. Well, be able like to, an like, example for Breath of the Wild that they did, there was a uh, there's a section in the game where there's like a uh, like a box in this center island, uh, around like basically a pond with an island in the middle of it. And you couldn't get there by jumping to it. You had to find another way. So what you had to do was chop down a tree, push that tree down a hill, and then walk across the tree. Um, also, if you are in an area where it's storming really bad and you're carrying any kind of metal shield, weapons, uh, right, or clothing, right. you would get electrocuted. So you have to switch back to, to cloth and wood so and things like that. So it's the immersion. That's what Breath of the Wild uh, helped pioneer or not pioneer but that's what it helped lift up is the way the you interact immersion. with the world itself yes yeah. right okay. and and again the idea of looking anywhere and everywhere climbing anything anywhere if you could see it you could go there type right. mentality there wasn't like an invisible wall that sort of thing okay. so in that sense it definitely held a title but the witcher held the title in terms of the story the interactivity the npcs right. the side quests the um and even to some extent, the you know the exploration aspect of it. Right. Um, All right. Well, that was a, that was a good tangent. Let's get back on topic. Yeah, that was so, my fault. It was my fault. I apologize. No, it's okay. So I'm just, but I mean, it all builds to my argument of why Red Dead Two would be considered the game of the year. Right. Whenever right. you think about game of the year, you got to pick a game that is all time. Uh, in my opinion, okay. uh, you know. So, and again, it has a story. It's just a long one. Uh, that people haven't talked about because it's not. I don't think the story is as good as Red Dead One. Yeah. Okay. What it has is everything else involved with it. Right. Um And so that's the main argument is it has, in my opinion, kind of like what Nate said with God of War. It is what 2018 open world games should be. Now there is something to be said about the fact that it took them, you know, four years of hardcore development to get it here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and we're talking about all this before the multiplayer even comes out. True. So, Very true. you know, and, and we know what Grand Theft Auto V's multiplayer did for it and how it defined that. Um, and I can only imagine Red Dead is going to be similar to the same thing. Uh, so just based on those things along, as far as things to do, it's Red Dead by a mile. Um, yeah. God of War is pretty much here's your story. Once you finish the story, yeah, there's these Valkyries and you know these uh, you know releasing the dragons that sort of thing. But release the dragon. <laughs> you know what I mean. But beyond that, it's not a it's not a simulation where you're going to spend a, a million hours into it. Yeah, it's a super hardy like content kind of packed linear story yeah. game. Right, and it is done very, 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 very well. Yeah. So that's my argument for Red Dead 2 is just, and I know you don't want to talk about the technology, but the technology <laughs> that went into it, the the fun aspect is there. You know, going hunting is very organic. Uh, 
And again, when you talk about simulation, you got to clean your body after you kill somebody and you drag their body because you're going to have blood on you and people are going to look at you weird in town. Uh, you know, go pet the dog if you want to. Like, it's right, just right. so much of that kind of stuff that you have to take into account. Um, but for me, it's going to be God of War, um, mainly because of the type of gamer that I am. But also, yeah. along with Nate, it is all about it is such a marvel in every way from story to gameplay no, to that's mechanics. spider-man <laughs> sorry no, no. <laughs> um, so and that's where god of war sits with me and that's yeah. why it'd be my pick is i don't i don't think there's truly a flaw in it i think god of war is what the last of us did for sony yeah uh, yeah you know, in terms of must play, great, uh, one of the greats of all time. Right. Um, and it, and if you notice, after The Last of Us came out, a lot of Sony's exclusives have come out to be similar to The Last of Us from the camera angle to the Definitely. UI. Yeah. And I get the feeling that God of War is going to be the same. Uh, a lot of different aspects of God of War is going to be a staple of Sony exclusives. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to pick a point that like that we haven't already kind of talked of because we already talked about the axe. That was obviously one of our choices. Um, we've already talked about just the action adventure side of it, the narrative side of it. Um, so it's really hard to think of something that we haven't really talked about. Um, other than just it is just a really good game. I think Nate, you really hit the nail on the head as far as like if I want to show somebody where games are today, what they could be, God of War is just a really, really good example to show them. Because I get to show them, because anybody can show them, like, um, Red Dead Redemption and, like, maybe, you know, oh my god, there's so much blood and stuff. Not to say that there isn't blood in in God of War. It's just monster blood. It's just monster blood. So it's, it's different. Yes, I'm ripping them in half, but it's not necessarily red that's coming out. So, um... But still, you get to show him that the more emotional side of it. Here's a dad. He's going through this experience and he's, you know, he's trying to mold his son into what he believes should be, you know, a man and everything. And so you get to show him the emotional side. You get to show him the technical side and just how absolutely gorgeous it is, which obviously Red Dead is as well. Um you get to show what a game looks like when you don't have to worry about online, when you don't have to worry about microtransactions. And yes, Red Dead Redemption doesn't have that yet, but like you said, the multiplayer hasn't come out yet. And so we get the full package, a start-to-finish package where you don't have to worry about anything online, nothing microtransactions, and there never will be. This is what a game should be in 2018 we shouldn't have to worry about all those stuff that every other triple a and i feel like that's another point to really hit home is the fact that this is a triple a um developer just like spider-man who instead of going down this route that every other triple a seems to go down where like for instance here's a really good example um you have like either Devil May Cry or let's say Shadow of More or Shadow of War, similar type games, hack and slash, yada yada. But you could 
buy your way past certain things. And I'd even say the same thing about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, and at least that's more Greek oriented. So, you know, God of War. Um, but all these games are single player instances where you can just buy your way past the game. What does that say about your game if you're will- if you're willing for people to just pay you more money to get past it? And so God of War is the example of what a game can be and should be without all of that. It is a complete 100% package. And I mean, even Spider-Man, as much as I love it and as much as I'd even like to give that game of the year... I still have to say that has DLC, so it's not a complete package. Now you can say that the downloadable content is additive rather than, you know, stripped out of it like some other AAAs, but I still have to say it's not a complete package. There's no God of War DLCs. There's no other than you got New Game Plus. Like, <laughs> like there's just God of War is all by itself. It is complete. It is there for you. And it is the exact example of what games should be and what I hope all games start moving towards. Because especially how good it sold. Like, like that's, that's even a better example of what games should be. Is that, hey, you can sell a game without all this bullshit. Yep. I'm right there with you. <laughs> so I mean God of War I mean I feel like I'm, I'm glad that was pretty unanimous you know God of War is the game of the year um, I would really like to because by the time this comes out it's going to be like the next couple of days is going to be the game of the year the VGAs and I really hope that it wins you know um, I, I have a deep seated um, fear that Red Dead Redemption is going to win wipe everything. The floor. Yeah, it's going to wipe the floor, but I really hope it's either Spider-Man or God of War that takes a lot of the other things as well, because you really can't you really can't just ignore what they've done for one open world Spider-Man and two narrative and just complete games. And if that's ignored for the fact that, oh, it's Rockstar, like, I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole thing because I've already said on multiple occasions just what I feel against Rockstar and unfortunately not Rockstar, but Take-Two Interactive. But, I mean, I really I really hope that it just, we get uh, we get a good outcome for the game of the year, the VGAs. So, that's just me personally. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm worried that Red Dead's going to sweep the floor as well, which I'm not saying it doesn't deserve, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, I, I I am never one to be like, give it all of the awards. Like, I want other people to win. I want other people to have merit. Like, like right. you know, going back to Celeste, Celeste deserves to win something. Something, yeah. I mean, well, is there an indie um, yes, category? Yes. There there is. Okay. Thank. I I think it's a shoe in for that, and I really hope it definitely gets that. And even like soundtrack and and other th- or art style. I really hope that cleans the floor when it comes to all the indie in indie stuff because that definitely deserves i have not played it but i i definitely realize its merit and i really hope that it gets recognized for it well um let me just say this about our list and in general i feel like this year is going to be a lot of god of war red dead spider-man and Mm -hmm, everything uh else is kind of going to be an afterthought um Mm -hmm. In terms of the big categories, you know, the best competitive multiplayer or whatever it is, the best first-person shooter or whatever is going to be something other than those two, right? But 
Um, and, and that's kind of how our list went for the most, most part. Everything, all of our categories included Spider-Man, God of War, Red Dead. Pretty much. I think the only one we left it out of is... Uh, it wasn't a remaster. <laughs> yeah, a remaster, right? But, <laughs> but I'm just saying that for most of our categories, those three games got a lot of love. Um, yeah. And I think it's going to be like that at the VGAs as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping there is a little bit of diversity there um, and just getting other games recognition. Because this, this year has been a tremendous, tremendous year for games. Unless you're Xbox. But, um, oh! <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. What, what Xbox game has came out that was... I mean, the only time we mentioned Xbox on here was Sea of Thieves, and that was for nope, our most disappointing as well as best multiplayer. Right. So... But as a whole, this year has been a tremendous year for games. Like, there's so many good games out to play. Um, that is going to be insane. Um, so I just kind of want to pose this question. Uh, I know we're getting a little bit long in the tooth here. But for you guys, what is the best moment you've had in gaming this year? For me personally, it was playing God of War and Kratos getting back the Blades of Chaos. Um, you know, it well, that was a very emotional moment, and I felt the impact. Um, yeah. And it's a moment that has stuck with me throughout the whole year, uh, especially because I just adore the first three games. I know most people get tired of them, but I love them so much. I'll play through them probably about once every two years or so. Um so it was a very impactful moment for me, and that was the best moment I had in video games, realizing, hey, I'm going back to get the Blades. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely that moment where it's like, I think I know what he's talking about. Please let it be true. Please let it be true. And then he pulls it out, and you're like, oh, my God, nerdgasm. Yeah. And, and again, just the gravitas of the moment and how they shot it, obviously. and. Oh yeah, the way he like wraps it onto himself, like he's putting himself back in the in the you know the bind of what those meant, because obviously like the chains were like his wife and and uh, daughter, I think, right? Yeah, his wife and daughter that he killed. So he's like when he's wrapping him back on it, it's like you could feel that like pain going back into him because it's like he tried to put it away, he tried to just forget about it, and you could just see that on his face as he's like slowly wrapping those chains on. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, for me, that was my best moment in games this year. Um, Nate, do you have one? <sighs> yeah. Uh, well, um, <clears throat> pause real quick. Okay. Do we want to go ahead and just kind of recap what the winners of our awards were and then jump into this other stuff? Yeah, and I mean, if you need to, because we're running at about 40 minutes, if you need to, we can just cut it here, and we're just going to have to play it by ear. I mean, if well, we, we can go, if, what, I, what I was going to suggest is go ahead and, like, after, you know, we go back, just say, all right, just to recap, here are, here are our winners, mm-hmm. um, and, and then I can give my best moment and then lead into Discovery and just say the games that I played, and we can do it like that. I don't have to, but like Horizon. Well, yeah, might... I mean, it'd probably just be better if we do that on a different day, so that you can really get into why you like uh, okay. Horizon Zero Dawn and Doom and stuff like that. Because I'd rather you get into it rather than feel like you're rushed. And so you're, like, I, I played this, I played this, I played this, I play, you know, like I gotcha. that's too, that's too, that's too much. Like let's let's 
take a more intimate look at it. We got we got a whole nother week technically to do some more, mm-hmm. you know. And if we do it like this, where it's like little thirty minute chunks, we might be able to just do the rest of our recordings over the span of the next week or something so that we still keep our promise and no, you know, recording in December, but you know, we can at least, you know, yeah, well, it's, I, not, it's I, not illegal to record one time. And, right. I'm just right. saying, I'm trying to make a promise to you guys and obviously my wife. So like, yeah, sure. <laughs> gotcha. right, so, all so right. We're, um, we're... So yeah, do your moment. I'll do my moment. Okay. Um, and then we'll recap. So my moment is, <laughs> It's either one small thing or one large thing. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I guess I would have to give it to Celeste. I mean, the the moment, you know, when you, if you played Celeste, you know what I'm talking about. The moment where you kind of realize what kind of game this actually is was something mm-hmm. I didn't expect in the slightest. And it kind of kept me going. I was like, oh my God, where's this going to go? Like I wasn't expecting this moment, wasn't expecting it to talk about stuff like this in this depth. And so it kind of made me more involved in the story, more involved in the game because I wanted to see how it, you know, how everything played out and see these interactions with these other characters. Um, As far as the large thing, I'll just bring it up. The large thing being me playing Horizon Zero Dawn for the first time this year. Yeah. And my moment of when I played the the prologue, I was like, this is cool, uh, whatever. But getting into it, I can't remember how far it was, but like when you hit a specific story beat, I was like, oh, yeah, oh no, this is. And so now, and it's on my PlayStation theme. Anytime I hear the theme playing on my background, I want to play the game. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so the, that was, I felt the same way about Horizon. So it was yeah. just. So yeah, I, either one of those moments would be mine of the year. Uh, mine, I have two. I have kind of two as well. So you know, yeah. all right, Nate. <laughs> um, but two, uh, I'll go with the more. Well, I mean, they're both pretty personal. But so the more ah, uh, playing a video game with my daughter for the first time. Um, no, I kind of thank you, thank you. I kind of played with her before, like, I'd have her, um, like, there's this one called, like, Click Adventures or something, so literally all you have to do is click a button, and so, like, it's, it's just, like, if it was on the phone, it'd be called, like, Tap Master or something like that, and it was, like, it would be, like, littered, absolutely littered with, like, microtransactions, but it's just some BS, you know, game on the PlayStation, but I actually played Diablo 3 with her. And so having that experience with her and, you know, having her play along with me um, was just a really cool experience. And, it, like, um, we kind of talk about it on a later episode uh, with me and Coach. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But then another big moment of the year, other than the Kratos thing, because I got to give you props. Yes, that was just – it just – chills up and down your body and i mean sometimes like just starting the game and having that chorus coming it's like 
chills just like the way just all all the really really important story beats in kratos was just chills but yeah getting that getting the blades of chaos was definitely something that was just like i was so freaking amped i'm like i'm pretty sure i know what's happening i'm pretty sure and then like i said just nerdgasm as soon as i got there and just the emotional you know weight of it but one of my biggest moments of the year another real personal one for me was we did a two and a half hour long stream with me and my wife and we got to 49 in zombies um we are so freaking close and i mean we've come up with a strategy that we're gonna try and we're gonna do again sometime soon but obviously she needs a freaking day off (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) anyways but yeah getting to 49 and it was just it was really nice and like i said it's very personal because it was just really nice to just sit down with my wife and have just so much fun and of course we're yelling we're like oh my god i need ammo i need ammo i'm down come help me please you know and just having so much fun together and the fact that i got to experience that with my wife is just so great and i mean it's one of the reasons i absolutely just positively love her is that i can share something that i'm so passionate about and uh, one thing that i couldn't you know see myself living without with the other thing i couldn't see myself living without and so it was just it was really nice moment and we just had so much fun doing it you know um and yeah i mean i would say that's probably one of my biggest moments in gaming at least personally other than just whatever happened in the game itself so yeah Okay. I hear you. That's a good one. So let's do a real quick recap. Best action adventure of the year was God of War. Best competitive multiplayer was Black Ops 4. Best narrative was God of War. Best multiplayer slash shared world was No Man's Sky. Best new mechanic was Kratos' axe. Most disappointing was Far Cry 5. Best remastered was uh, was Shadow of the Colossus. And the best open world was Red Dead Redemption 2. And then obviously Game of the Year won three other awards. God of War. So that is our personal Game of the Year um, awards that we wanted to give out. So if you guys have any suggestions or you'd like to tell your experience, your best moment in gaming, let us know down in the comments down below or at TX3 Productions on Twitter. 